Ah, yeah. It's the DTC Podcast, people. The Real McCoy. Original recipe. First in your ear hole podcast on dynasty trading and player values. Hosted by Russ Fisher, Izzy Elkafoss, and Akash Patel. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Dynasty Trade Calculator Podcast, episode number 242. I'm your host, Izzy Elkafoss, joined by today, Akash Patel. And a little something. Hey, Izzy. Yes, hello. Yes, he was back. Oh, yeah. Back again. Get shady. Akash is too young JP's for shady. back. Oh, I still know it. Tell a friend. Yes, he was back. 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 Mo's definitely going to hit that. We're definitely going to get that one in there. Dude, we... Akash, how old are you when Brett Favre was retired and... Can't remember who went to get Brett Favre out of retirement. Hurley, do you remember who it was that went and got Brett Favre out of retirement to play for the Vikings, I believe? Or did it, it they was get the Jets or was then the Vikings? The, or did they get him out of retirement to go to the Jets? I can't remember. Akash is right. Yeah, Jets it was first. the Jets. Yeah, he was Jets first. But, but that was 2007, 2008. But I feel like I feel like was it Childress? Do we have Childress at the time? I, I think it was he retired after the Jets again, and then we talked him into coming to the Vikings. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. Something that like that. Right. My memory's not great, but we did that with Hurley. We had an intervention, Mosher and I. We spent all weekend. We we worked on him. We worked him down and we brought him we brought him back. He was standing on the bridge. Standing on the bridge, ready to <laughs> jump, and, and we finally <laughs> talked him off. I'm back, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Izzy, you want me to jump back in the driver's seat? Yeah, dude, please. Are you handing over the keys to the Jeep? Yes. Beep, beep. The Jeep. All right, everybody, welcome back to the DTC podcast, episode whatever Izzy said, 242, right? 242. Great podcast. Week one of the NFL season has begun. Everybody's jacked right now. Dynasty, fantasy, everything has begun. We're back. Everybody's back in the driver's seat. Everybody's driving the Jeeps right now. Mm. I'm sure everybody that listens to our podcast drives the Jeep. That's pretty cool. The dad jokes are going to be in full force today. You've been oh, sa- yeah, yeah. I mean, ha- have you been saving them? You've been writing them down on sticky notes? It's probably going to be uh, 90% dad jokes, 10% analysis. For Akash. So Akash is the 10%. So I'd like to pre-apologize awesome. to the listeners out there. The ones that have heard me before are probably prepared for it. But the ones that ha- you guys have probably picked up maybe like two or three new listeners since I've been gone, I'm guessing. <laughs> Right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I'd say it's about right. And those those two or three people are super confused right now. There's like, who's this guy that's back? Like, I've never heard him before. It's like yeah. his first time. <laughs> um, definitely on a hiatus since uh, 2021, right? Uh, yeah, I don't think you're. I don't think this is your first podcast of 2022. I think you're right. So it would be more introducing to the two or three new listeners. So uh, you guys will have to get used to my dad jokes. Uh, I'd like to pre-apologize, but love it. Uh, this week, lots of cool stuff to break down. We're going to talk about some significant injuries, some major reactions, including biggest winners, losers, trade targets, and who you're cutting bait on in Dynasty. So lots of cool stuff to talk about. Do you guys want to start with injuries? That sounds like the the most fun. It, yeah, mm-hmm. to some people. So let's start things off uh, for those that are uh, the, the, the probably the vast majority of people that are in super flex leagues. One of the more significant injuries last week, Dak Prescott injured his right mm-hmm. thumb. I think he was giving a thumbs up to the ref and it just kind of got like he I hyperextended it. He was trying too hard for the thumbs up, right? Is that what yeah. happened or was it yeah. during during a play? Yeah. 
It was d- definitely uh, the thumbs up, and he overextended the thumbs up. So everybody's asking themselves, when will Dak be back? Uh, let's start with Akash. Akash, what do you think? You saw the injury. That sucks. I'm sure you you were probably heavily invested in Dak shares, right? Uh, I got a couple, but <laughs> I don't know. Here and there, for sure. It'll suck to have him out for, like, what, six to eight weeks? But yeah. It, you know, you, need, you guess, need your That's thumbs. why you got backup QBs. That's yeah. right. You kind of need to hold on to a football to be able to throw it. Yeah, although I think he might be better than Baker Mayfield without his thumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and hopefully better than last night without his thumb. <laughs> That's true. Speaking of that. So are you concerned, Akash? Is this, uh, are you uh, r- like running for the hills? Is this uh, a buy opportunity maybe since he's injured, had a poor performance? What are you, what are you doing with him? Yeah, probably a little bit of a buy if you're not like needing the production because it's always smart to buy injured players and, and count for the uh, value going up. So I'm rebuilding. He's still a young quarterback, but like just buying him for the value because the value will go up when he comes back and is actually putting points up. And then if I have him and I'm contending, then it does definitely suck losing a guy who you expect to be a low QB1. But there's definitely still options out there. Like there's a ton of stopgap guys you can go out and find, like Marcus Mariota, for example, who just rushes a bunch and will give you plenty of points in your QB2 slot. Did you say stop Dak guys? Stopgap? Stop Dak. Stop deck, guys. <laughs> Stop deck. Izzy, I feel like you were about to throw out some hard-hitting analysis and statistics for us, so go ahead. Uh, not really. It's I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Dak hasn't looked good for, like, now maybe Since six or angle? seven games oh. as Rashad Penny runs up the field almost for a touchdown and gets stripped. But um, Let's go. Uh, I am I'm kind of out on Dak. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I think this is going to be especially difficult because – CD Lamb looked like, and I didn't look at any sort of analysis on this, but every time CD Lamb was running routes, it felt like he was being bracketed. And that's probably a big reason why Dak struggled, is because now you're left with Noah Brown, Dennis Houston, and the running backs plus Dalton Schultz. And they kept trying to force feed CD Lamb, and Dak just wasn't on the mark. And he wasn't on the mark last year either, towards the end of the season. So, I, I I don't like overreacting, but the problem with Dak is he's being he's valued at just below, like the well he's below the first tier and he's kind of in like just below the second tier and the second tier consists of Lamar, so the first tier is is Allen, Herbert, Mahomes, and then you have like a little tier break, and then you have Kyler, Burrow, Lamar, Deshaun pre suspension. And I guess Dak, Dak is in that bottom and I don't think I'm missing anybody else. So it's like, he's at the bottom of that tier. And I think he's, I think he's below that tier, honestly. Maybe he's just a little bit below that tier. Like it's, it's hard to upgrade from Dak to like a Kyler Lamar without adding a first. But then it's, but then to go down the next step down, it's kind of like, maybe he's on his own little tier. Maybe he's in his tier three. That's what I've been feeling. Yeah. Because then you have like Russell Wilson, who's like the old vet. Mm -hmm. And then you have the young guys like Trey Lance and Fields and Lawrence that are just unproven. And Dak is just about above those guys. And to be honest with you, at this point, this is had he not gotten hurt, I feel like Dak should probably be closer to tier four than he is tier two. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I've already had Trey Lance above him, but So you have Trey above Dak. So Yeah, even before the injury, yeah. But yeah, with the injury, he's he's definitely 
closer to tier four now for sure. Yeah. It's like low low QB one production is approaching. It's like what twenty twenty nine. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, so I'm struggling with this a bit because now you're sitting with an injured Dak Prescott, and it's do you take an injured Dak Prescott and trade up into that and take the hit and pay a premium and take the discount on Dak or sell him at a discount? Do you hold on to him or do you trade down? I I would be interested in trading down. Like if I really need the points, like trading, you could still probably get like Cousins plus, and then like you just have the points, like extra points while Dax hurt. And then even when they're both playing, I don't know if there's that significant of a difference. A little bit because Dak offers like two to three, uh, more points on the ground, but I don't really don't think it's that significant. Like so, I understand what you're saying, and I'd be for that. But if I'm not like looking for points like really looking for points like desperately then i'm not selling low on someone who's injured just because i know the value is going to definitely go up by the time he's back so probably the thing that makes the most sense is wait for him to come back but i think when he does come back i'm probably gonna be trying to pull the plug yeah i'd I'd be fine with that if if you can sell for pre-injury prices for sure i'm with you especially because we saw we've seen this injury uh kind of hurt performance in players like isn't it similar to not the exact same. It's a different finger from Russell Wilson last year, but just like finger injuries in general yep. probably aren't great for performance. Yeah. And yeah. And the fact kind of I mean, talking out of my ass, but you know, you get the idea. I think you're probably right. And <laughs> Drew Brees had the problem, but he could have been, it could have been age related. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he won't be back. He'll be back week 10, looks like. So he's going to miss because it was by. It'll be nine total weeks. Okay, so real quick, you guys, uh, two quick questions, one follow-up question on Dak, and then kind of like uh, the ripple effect question. So number one, how much of Dak's poor performance do you think is tied to Amari Cooper leaving town? Just maybe not a a very deep receiving core in Dallas. Yeah, it's tough. That offense looked like it was just trying to force it to see Lamb, and it wasn't working. Like nothing was getting open, but it's also just one game. And so like that poor performance, I definitely think like part of it is the result of the way the offense looks right now, but it's also like a tough matchup and it's just one game. So yeah, I think Akash, I agree with you. Like it, it was reminiscent of the, do you remember the Calvin Johnson days when they, that's basically all they had on the team. So Stafford was forcing the ball to him and everybody yeah. knew that, that he was going to get the targets, but Calvin Johnson's a lot, he's a lot better than CD lamb to be you got fair. It. So, or maybe, maybe a, a better comparison who, this is another person who's also probably better than CD lamb, but in his prime, DeAndre Hopkins, when he is in Houston, force feeding yeah. the ball they really had no other uh great options so no yeah you're right because if if what happens with cd lamb happens for like a full season they're just not gonna force it to cd lamb and yeah. get like that like if like if that was like the case for four five games like hypothetically then they would just not throw to him like 30 percent of the time they would be they would go closer to the 20 percent that he was for the, yeah. his entire career that's why you know sometimes some players just you know they don't earn 30 percent target shares because they're not calvin johnson or not DeAndre Hopkins. That's true. And Izzy, this other follow-up question is for you, then we'll move on to the next player on the injury list here. How much value effect do you think this will have on players like CeeDee Lamb, uh, Zeke Elliott, Pollard, like whoever else you want, Dalton Schultz, whoever else you want to throw in the mix? Like, is this going to be pretty significant for theirs? Because NEC owners just lost a half a season from them as well. Yeah, I think the the only winner out of this, I think, might be Dalton Schultz. I think the running backs don't necessarily... They may get more work, but it, I think it's going to be more in, inefficient work than anything. Yeah. Um. So I think that kind of negates any sort of 
volume that they're going to benefit from. Yeah. The guy that I would be Noah Brown was the guy that he looked to most when he was in the game. Uh, so maybe there's a connection there, and Noah Brown is probably on the waiver wire somewhere in your, uh, depending on how deep your league is. So I would say, yeah, I'd say Dalton Schultz is really the only potential winner because he was Dalton Schultz was Dalton Schultz was really the only outside of him and Ceedee Lamb was the only one that was productive in that second half of the season last season. Even Ceedee Lamb kind of disappointed second half of the season. Um, and, and da- that was that stretch where Dak threw six touchdowns or sorry, nine touchdowns in seven games, uh, in the back half of the the season, I think week 16, 17, 18, he did have a better, um, last three games, but I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm worried about the entire Cowboys offense outside of Dalton Charles the rest of the way, even yeah. when Dak comes back. Yeah. Like if I have a guy like Zeke, I'm looking to sell him like right now like i was already looking to sell zeke but now with all this stuff with dak and the offense probably getting worse and zeke already being relatively washed it's it's just tough like rb2 maybe like maybe even worse than that if the offense really sucks but the production is already not great and then you still have the risk of an injury and then the value is obviously going to keep dropping once he turns 28 so you know just get out while you can with zeke elliott while the getting out's good it's not ideal, not an ideal situation. Uh, moving on to the next player on the injury list, Elijah Mitchell goes down with an MCL sprain. I believe I got that right. Uh, so that's going to sideline him for a little little while. It's kind of like, I feel like he's had some injury issues in the past. Yeah, I, eight weeks is tough for him, for sure. Yeah, that is really tough. So, so Akash, why don't you begin? So talk about you know what this does to Elijah Mitchell's value and then maybe what it does to some of the players, some of the cast surrounding him on the in the backfield. Yeah, obviously, you know, it hurts his value for now um, to lose that season of like half a season of production really sucks. And then also probably cast some doubt like uh, there was already some doubt on his like future role, obviously, because like if you're a day three running back who can't stay healthy and like has no guarantees to keep a role, then definitely think that this is like just continues to hurt his chances of being a long term starter. And for the backups there, Jeff Wilson got the work when after elijah went down but also there's like you could see some of Tyrion davis price and jordan mason mix in um like it's a weird situation kind of with how tdp was inactive in week one but it's really just because jordan mason plays special teams and so i would expect for jeff wilson to get first crack at rb1 with elijah out but i wouldn't be surprised if mason or tdp just makes a bigger impact just because jeff wilson is nothing special and also debo samuel just going to continue to get rushing work too which is great for his value just because it's more touches yeah they might fully cycle him over there but it's like debo is also a good good wide receiver like he led the team in targets uh yesterday too so he's just going to continue to be great as long as there's no more monsoons yeah, Izzy, what do you think? Could you see a scenario where maybe like Trey Lance might take off with the ball more frequently now that their running back depth has kind of been become limited? No, I, I don't think that really is going to change too much. But what I do think is it's kind of like we had talked about last year with the with the 49ers. This is kind of the way it's been the last few years. You just draft or pick up the cheapest or trade for the cheapest uh, 49er running back. Because every single, I don't know what they do to these running backs, but every single time somebody starts, they get hurt. And maybe they just draft and acquire 
the most injury-prone players in existence, um, or something's going on there. Kind of like if you remember the Redskins kept having like ACL problems, mm-hmm. people getting hurt all the time. I don't know what's going on with the 49ers. They're doing the same thing. The Giants have gone through some stuff like this too. It could just be a major coincidence, but well, that's why they call them the 49ers. Actually, they have 49 running backs on their roster because uh, yeah. they always get hurt. I yeah. don't know if you knew that. That's uh, I, I did not know that. As Judy scores a long touchdown. Um, what? No way! I'm yeah. behind. Y'all just spoiled it. Oh shit! Crazy. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, okay, I won't say anything. I won't say anything. Um, so here's here's the like last year or the years prior. It's always go after the cheapest guy, and this year is no different. You're supposed to go after the cheapest 49er running back that made the roster. And this year, it's probably it's Jordan Mason is probably the cheapest. Um, and I think Jeff Wilson's absolutely going to eat first in that offense. Uh, he's probably the the one they trust the most. He's not the best runner, but at least he could he could do a little better. He's like kind of like a poor man's Jamal Williams. So, and Jamal Williams is like a poor man's Aaron Jones. So he's like the poor man's poor man's Aaron Jones is Jeff Wilson. So. <laughs> That's not confusing. Yeah, the poorest of mans, Aaron Jones. Yes. Somebody robbed the poor man and then became a little bit more poor. Yes, and that's Jeff Wilson. So, wait, just one second. Yeah, I I need clarification on this because I'm very a very literal person. Was so a poor man's poor man's person? Would that be a homeless person? Yeah. So like, if you were poor, the only step below you would be homeless. And I'm not trying to like. Put homeless people down or anything i'm just i no. have to clarify for you just got to get the terminology yes right. yeah so he's yes. a homeless aaron jones you're saying yes he's a homeless man's aaron jones there yeah. you go okay <laughs> yeah he's hobo, hobo jones basically <laughs> <laughs> so i think now it's too late to to have mason or tdp they're probably not on waivers anywhere but uh, the thing that sucks is i think elijah mitchell is actually a really good running back like every time he's been the guy it's kind of like mostert when mostert actually had his crack he was very efficient he was very good he just couldn't stay healthy we might be seeing the same thing with with mitchell here so it sucks uh but if you have jeff wilson great you'll be able to ride him for a couple weeks until he gets hurt um but at this point it probably makes the most sense to sell jeff wilson have if you have jordan mason wait until jordan mason becomes the major main guy and then sell him and then if tdp could then get him and then sell him sell anybody that starts for the 49ers that gets they can get you second round value you immediately sell and then outside of elijah mitchell because i think elijah's probably worth holding on to until you get a first because i believe in the talent there with the other guys they're a little bit less known so get your second and move on fair enough that's viable definitely I like it. just keep selling good. Just keep selling dead zone running backs, and mm-hmm. boy, do the 49ers produce a lot of dead zone running backs. Absolutely, I like that. Those are like uh, um, you're like day trading San Francisco 49ers running backs, like you're in the crypto <laughs> yeah, market, basically. Yep. Yeah, just like the penny stocks. The second they explode, you just sell them. Yep, the Rashad penny <laughs> stocks. Okay, moving on to the next injury of our list. More significant injuries we're covering. Chris Godwin goes down to the hamstring. I'm, I'm going to group these two together just to kind of like be a little bit more um, efficient. Uh, plus, they're kind of ha- they have the same injury. Chris Godwin, Keenan Allen, uh, hamstring brothers. They're uh, they win mm-hmm. the Dante Stallworth Award this week, going down with hamstring injuries. Um, not incredibly significant, I think we just uh, d- discussed, but hamstring injuries for wide receivers uh, a-, a problem. So, uh, Akash, starting with you, how- yeah, how does this make you feel inside? Um, I don't know. I feel fine about Keenan. I'm not like he's only gonna miss like one week, and it's a Thursday game. So you don't think it's gonna be like a lingering thing? 
I don't know. He could be. I'm not pushing the panic button yet just because it's a pretty minor injury. Like if it was, it's not like a tear or like anything like that. And so we'll see, you know, these injuries happen. But Godwin, I think he's going to miss more. I don't remember what the actual report said of how much time, but I think he's going to miss multiple weeks if I'm remembering correctly. And so definitely tough, but like this was always kind of it. Like this was always in the cards for Chris Godwin. Like when people were drafting him and trading for him, they expected him to miss multiple weeks. And so it's not the like the biggest deal for people's teams because it was already pretty priced in. It's just coming at in the it's just coming at a hamstring injury instead of taking longer off the ACL injury. But also like the hamstring injury is partly caused by uh the ACL injury just in, in the return, you know, we have a higher risk for that kind of stuff. So it's not that big of a deal, honestly, to me, just because, you know, Godwin's still it was very priced in for him and so I'm not like decreasing his value or anything and i'm not like i don't know when he comes back in in a few weeks i just i i will expect him to be back to being top 12 wide receiver pretty much now izzy before the show started we were talking a little bit about these players and you seem to be a little bit more uh concerned about this than akash does maybe do you have different thoughts i hate hammies like like you hate them or just when they're injured i i hate them because they have the potential to be injured so you just like people walk by you and you look at their hammies and you just look so disgusted. I just dis- yeah, I shake my head every time I see a hammy. Okay. Um <laughs> <laughs> so my issue is that it's it's a lingering concern that I have for these and, and Keenan especially because he doesn't have many dynasty value years left. Um and production left. So Every time he has a hammy injury and it lingers, this is eating into his potential points for the rest of his career. And he doesn't have, maybe he's got three-ish years of being a wide receiver two or better. Um, and so if this lingers, now he's got two years. And so you lose 33% of his future production. Um, so I'm a little bit more concerned about Keenan. With with Godwin, I'm okay having, Godwin's reaching the point where I start to move receivers, which is right before they're age 20 or once they turn 27 i try to offload them um so but when he was when he was on the field field and healthy it looked like he looked pretty pretty much normal um i didn't see a hampered godwin in any way um no pun intended on the ham but um i do want to get to the point with godwin where he comes back he's relatively healthy has a couple good games i'm going to try to move him at that point so with him it's kind of wait and see with keenan it's you really don't have a choice. You got to hold on to him and hope that he comes back and it doesn't keep re-aggravating and you just ride out the ship. But um, what what is interesting to me is is Keenan went down, but they had 34 targets. Do you guys know who led the team in targets? No. Who was it? Keenan Allen, DeAndre Carter, Carter Gerald Everett, Carter and, Austin Eckler, McKitty, yeah, they Mike tied, Williams. Right? Yeah, Josh Palmer all had four targets. That was the lead. Eleven different wow. players. Keenan did, that all, Keenan did that all in the first quarter. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. I, I also wouldn't have guessed that the I thought the Chargers were gonna score the most points this week, but lose. Yeah. Out of all the NFL shout out, teams. Shout out Stephen <laughs> A. Stim- you see that, Nikash? <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, the ball is being spread around eleven different receivers. Nobody's really gonna be the hot dog there outside of Keenan. So we gotta you just gotta pray. Because if he if he comes back healthy, it's clear that he's going to still be the guy. And it's not going to yeah. be Mike Williams ascension or anything like that. I think that's clear. Yeah. And so, yeah. And, and for Mike Williams, I've heard people like talk about him. I, mean, I was never a big Mike Williams guy just not because like 
his entire body of work for his entire career has been like a wide receiver three or four. And then he had a season with like a little bit different role and he was a wide receiver too, but I don't know, he was just being really priced like that was going to repeat or like like there's a strong chance it was gonna repeat. I always thought there was a chance he'd like not like revert back, but there was a chance that like he just I don't know, continues like to be the player that he has been for his entire career, which is a wide receiver three or worse than that. And so but I don't know, he's still gonna be out there running routes in the most in one of the most productive offenses in the NFL and so I don't know. Yeah, you had to be in on Mike Williams before like that one season that you talked about where his role kind of changed a little bit. Then you, you know, by that point, you're too late, too late in the game. So I'm not like, I'm not looking to buy him right now, but if I already have him, I'm not going to panic sell because of one game where he didn't draw targets just because there's, there's games like that, you know, your favorite player, unless your favorite player is like Cup, Jefferson, Adams or something like that, they'll have games where they only have like four targets for two catches and 10 yards. It just happens. So, you know, he had a down game. There's a lot of variance in, in football week to week. So, you know, it just happens. He's still out there running routes for Justin Herbert. So he'll probably be all right. He'll probably yep. continue to give you spike weeks. Hard to be, uh, hard to be too concerned with uh, Justin Herbert targets, I guess. Yeah. And uh, kind of like transitioning into this next portion of the podcast. But um, I just want to ask one follow-up question. Izzy, I'll ask you first. I saw, like we were watching the games together. And what I saw during the Bucks game, while Godwin was in, healthy with uh, good hamstrings, even though you probably hated his hamstrings pre-injury, you were just kind of like despising them while he was running mm-hmm. routes. Yeah. Um, I didn't really like what I saw out of Mike Evans. Like he was uh, definitely down the options. Tom Brady was running through his progressions, and it seemed like Mike Evans was deprioritized. I'm not sure if you saw the same thing, but. As kind of like a reaction going to this next uh, portion of the podcast, did you guys see the same thing? Are you concerned about like guys like Mike Evans, like when Godwin comes back? Is that is that a concern for you, or is that just me? Uh, yeah, it should be a concern for sure because last year his target share was like abysmal, but he just catches a bunch of touchdowns and he threw a bunch, so he was fine. He's like he was basically like uh, on terms of like a per out basis, he was basically like twenty twenty Mike Williams, but like they just through at almost a record level in yeah. terms of uh their production and his touchdown rate was also high so definitely definitely tough like obviously you're not going to be like oh he had a 60 percent target share which was lower than kenny galladay so he's worse than kenny galladay now but you're going to be like okay there's some really there's probably a lower floor for him than we think just because of the the volume could definitely hurt if if they don't pass like 43 times a game like even if it goes down to like 39 40 which is still top of the league but it just hurts his overall volume which would definitely hurt his production like he could drop to being a wide receiver too and i wouldn't be surprised yeah i i think that mike evans is i would expect him i want to say surprise i I would expect him with gronk being retired to probably reach 16 touchdowns this season maybe 17 like average one a game He's clearly the guy that they look to inside the red zone. So I think he'll always have that role. I'm not a big Mike Evans guy. Yeah, I never have, have been. that role for sure. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised with that number. Uh, I would just because it's a high number, but I, I'm with you with the role. Like that's definitely. Yeah, role, but with so. Julio too, like, I don't know. I, I don't feel uh, comfortable Julio's never with. Been a re- Julio never Julio's scores never touchdowns, don't you know? 
I know. I'm just saying, like, as far as like targets, I was being I was being sarcastic, and Izzy said the same thing. If, but I think he was serious. If you think one guy is going to get 16 touchdowns all from the red zone, that's one thing. But I'm just saying, like, oh, with they're Julio not all going to be in the red zone. But he gets yeah. a lot of red zone looks. I think Julio's mo- most touchdowns in a season, I want to say, is eight. Uh, I think it's how many eight seasons has he played with Tom Brady? Eight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Matt that's Ryan. Right. Matt Ryan. You know, that's how. That's what the game last night felt like with how long it dragged on. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, that, like was a board, that was a yeah, that was a tough. That was watch. a horrible but, game. But honestly, like Mike Evans is going to be the red zone hog, um, like he always is. But um, damn yeah. red zone hog. So so Mike Evans, he's past the age of <laughs> of keeping. So I'm good with that. So Izzy, why don't you keep going down this lane here? Like, who are some of the players that you're kind of considering cutting bait on? Uh, like like I think we were going to talk about some winners, losers, trade targets, but let's start with who who are some players you're cutting bait on after what you saw in week one? I, I am still going to cut bait on Mike Evans just because I didn't like what I saw there, but who are some guys that stood out to you that you're cutting bait on? Interestingly enough, um, <laughs> the guy that I'm cutting bait on is a guy that didn't even play. Uh, and... Let me guess. Let's, hmm. Akash let and I are going to try to guess. A guy that didn't even play. I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to, I think that he's little trickeration like some when you say not play you think oh this guy was out but i think he means tony who just didn't get on the field and didn't play <laughs> oh i was gonna say jonas gray <laughs> jonas gray also did not play both of those okay. answers are are good answers but it's not the answer the guy's george kittle oh, oh wow i am so wow i'm surprised sick of george kittle and like just a lot of emotion behind that. Like, is it because he uh, has hamstrings? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just like this guy with his goddamn hamstrings. It's like, dude, <laughs> so come, like honestly, like uh, rostering George Kittle is like I'm always in panic mode, just waiting for him to get some to pop up on the injury report with something. And it's not just George Kittle, it's now the fact that Trey Lance does is n- I don't know if Trey Lance is going to throw the ball enough in that offense to generate enough for everybody in that offense, the running backs, George Kittle. Um, And the way that offensive line, the way the offensive line played, I think George Kittle is probably going to be spending a lot of time in line as a blocker because they got absolutely demolished by the Bears. So it's, it's the injury. It's the fact that I could see him blocking more to give time for Trey Lance. and I don't know if he's going to have the target share necessary to support his value. So I'm um, just kind of cutting well, bait so, on him. So for the blocking, he's always been a pretty heavy blocker relative to other receiving tight ends. Like right. he blocks a lot more than Andrews, Kelsey, Correct. but it's never hampered his production. Like it, it's never hampered his production, never stopped him from being a top three tight end year in and year out. For the offense, they were already a very run-heavy offense and never threw a lot with Jimmy G. So I, I'm not really concerned there. He's he's still, you know, despite that, been a top fantasy producer. And if you're worried about a fantasy, like a football player getting hurt, I think we're playing the wrong game. What game do you want to play? So I don't know. If you, if you, you want to avoid injuries, then maybe fantasy golf is chess. for you. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> fantasy chess. We'll yeah. Fantasy chess. League of Legends. I think Fantasy League of Legends has the lowest injury. Fantasy, fantasy, fantasy League of Legends, yep. Fun fact, there has been never in the history of League of Legends gameplay where somebody has injured their hamstring. So that, yeah, no, no hamstring but, injury. So, hamstring. so, but honestly, with, with Kittle, like, last year, he was the Ayuk thing, like, being 
in the doghouse all year, and that kind of, I'm sure, improved his target share. Ayuk seems to be out of the, the doghouse and a big part of that offense. I do think that he's in a block more with Trey Lance than he is with Jimmy G. Um, so, I don't know. Does does the Eli Mitchell thing change to that? I don't know. I guess I didn't really think of it too much. Honestly, I, I just I just kind of want to be done with Kittle. I, I don't. I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, he just. I understand I, where you're coming from. If, if you're coming from like an age perspective, I, I don't know what it is. You know, sometimes you have those players. You have those play. Everybody has that player that they're just kind of sick of having, like sick of worrying about. And he's he's that guy for me. It was the week one. Was week one being out like the tipping point for just you? Like, dude, we didn't talk about this all off season. We're not talking about this. And the second you miss week one, you're like, we haven't it. even started. I'm done. We haven't even started, and you're ready. You're ready out of my lineup. We haven't even played any games. You, how many preseason snaps did you have, Akash? I don't know. I don't watch probably preseason. zero. I don't know. I don't care. But I don't care like you're not even ready. Come on, man. I agree, man. <laughs> I think he's like the he's the Christian McCaffrey of tight ends, right? Like Dude, really he's good. The, he's a San Francisco running back of San Francisco tight ends. <laughs> <laughs> who, who's who's? There's a bunch of tight ends that always got hurt. He it, was Jeremy Shockier. He's Todd Heap. He's Eifert Todd Heap. Is a good one. That's a bit over my head. He's a, he's the, the new name, Todd Heap. Really no, Eifert. I think Eifert's better than Heap. Eifert. Yeah, Eifert, Eifert yeah. was good in his. In Todd Heap was good too. Career. Yeah, but Eifert had like the the higher pedigree and the higher expectations. I think. Yeah. Eifert was good when he was healthy. I yeah. think you guys are disrespecting but Todd Heap and his greatness. I think we're disrespecting George Kittle, honestly. <laughs> hey, Todd Heap had six, almost 6,000 career yards. That's wow. pretty good. Yeah, yeah Kittle had me. that like in one season. He had mm-hmm. four seasons over 100 targets. I mean, oh. that's pretty good. Yeah. But anyways. Nice job, Todd. Uh, Todd, if you're listening, um, no disrespect, man. You had you had a great career. Thank you. <laughs> uh, we can move on to the next portion here. So, uh, Akash, uh, before we do, do you have any players that you're kind of cutting bait on? Like you're uh, you're just done with it? Like you're who wins your George Kittle Award this week? Um, yeah, I'm just like getting out while the getting out's good on all the dead zone running backs. Even if they busted in week one and like people aren't like actively looking to trade for them, you can still sell them because they're running backs. So like. Ezekiel Elliott, Josh Jacobs, Dave Montgomery, just like move on from them, honestly. Don't like it, huh? There's really no Yeah, I mean, there's really no point to like hold them into their second con like second contracts for Monty and Jacobs and for Zeke, there's no point in like continuing to hold him as he's almost twenty eight. And so just moving on now, like you're not gonna miss the R B two production. Like we saw this week, like Daryl Henderson, Rex Burkhead, Cordero Patterson, etc., all lead their backfields and put up RB2 numbers and put up better production than off the top of my head, I believe, in Zeke, Monty, and Jacobs. And so you're not going to miss their production that much. You can always replace, like, having your RB2 slot being your weakest point is great because it's so easy to replace RB2s. And so you're not going to miss them. Just cash out while the while getting out's good. And in a, like a year or two, they're not going to be starters. So you're not going to miss them. This is a really good point, actually. And I think the NFL has gotten to the point now where if you don't have like the top five running backs that are for sure their bell cows, and there's only every year it feels like that number is going to get smaller and smaller. Maybe the twenty three class yeah. will change that, but yeah. when you, these these guys that he's mentioning, you're you're better off just going after like selling them and, and getting like a a JD McKissick 
a Devin Singletary, uh, freaking Jamal Williams, like any of these backup running backs or satellite backs that they can get you 10 points in a given day. And if, and if the guy in front of them gets hurt, their workload, I guess JD McKissick, his workload probably isn't going to change no matter what, but Jamal Williams, his, his workload will get better. There's a bunch of guys like that that are very undervalued that will produce even though they're not the guy. Um, and yeah, cause they're like, even, even Monty and Khalil Herbert, you should probably just have Khalil Her- Herbert. I mean, absolutely. Yes. They're splitting carries. It's maybe 60, 40, but you'd much rather have the guy that's worth a third of the price. And if Monty goes down, Khalil Herbert's just value skyrockets. Exactly. Yeah. And if Khalil it's Herbert gets hurt, better. nothing happens with Monty's value. It stays the same. So mm-hmm. I- I'm, I've gotten to the point now where I'm done chasing the, well, maybe, Monty, maybe Acres, maybe Zeke, maybe you know, I'm done with the maybe. It's just I'm i I'm gonna start taking the just cheapest running back in that backfield and the split value. I'll take the 40% value and just and hope. The only one that's a little different for me is like Javante and and Melvin. Oh yeah. Javante's definitely different. Yeah. Uh, just than the like other the, guys. The talent. Correct. The talent's a lot better. And the talent can definitely lead to, you know, we're only one game in. We're not even one game in. We're like half a game in at this point while we're recording. It's literally 33 seconds left till halftime. Right. And so, they're, they're, you know, just continue to bet on the talent of Javante, like producing a pot, like a very favorable split for him. Yeah. Yep. I like definitely. the, uh, yeah, so the, with you. capping off the cut bait conversation, Akash, I like the direction you're going with the running backs. And uh, so this summer at some point, uh, I just wanted to kind of cap this off with this. I was going down like a, a rabbit hole of fantasy football information on TikTok. I feel like if you have a tendency to just kind of just like it's a slippery slope, you kind of fall into it, just a ton of videos. And I came across yes. one um, by a little little known podcast called The Fantasy Footballers. Have you guys ever heard of that one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Only in name. Only in name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, massive, uh, massive uh, podcast, obviously, but they they tend to cover some very interesting things. Um, one of the ones that they covered this summer was running backs after week one who had fewer than 13 carries very, very rarely uh, finished the season with more than like a thousand. I think it was a thousand yards rushing was the number. And it was like the three times that it's happened in like the last 20 years was like Ladanian Talmud, very obvious ones that that bounced back after that. Um, and I just wanted to run through a couple very uh, significant names that were right either above that line that might have a chance at something special this year or below that line. Some of the ones that went below, just like Akash was talking about, Ezekiel Elliott had 10 carries last week, and his outlook could look worse with Dak out. Um, we've seen what's happened with Zeke um, in in that offense when Dak doesn't play, and actually conversely when Zeke's out and Dak plays. Like just they, they, The two seem like they need each other. Anyway, 10 carries last week for Zeke. Josh Jacobs, like Akash mentioned, uh, 10 carries also. Michael Carter, 10 carries. Um, you know, A lot of these are from committees obviously but um just some significant names here um and then damian pierce 11 carries did you guys see this damian pierce 11 carries rex burkhead coming above the mendoza line with 14 carries last week so i thought that was really interesting let's go hell yeah or i'm laughing very hard at all damian yeah understand. sell him too. get out about getting out's good yeah that's i don't great. know if you can get a 23 first anymore but might as well try get 24 first I agree. Yeah, like Cam Akers, obviously below the Mendoza line. And here's a couple players that were what? maybe I'm surprisingly shocked. above. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Miles Sanders made it 13 carries last week. So like wondering it, like even with uh, news of injury, he comes in ahead of that that pace. 
David Montgomery, 17 carries. Uh, Saquon Barkley, 18 carries, 164 yards. Like that was kind of cool to see him <laughs> bounce bounce back in a big way. And then yeah, Cordell pa- uh, Cordero Patterson with 22 carries was another one that I had listed as, as a little bit of a surprise coming way above that 13 carry mark with 22. So uh, I thought that was an interesting stat. The 13 carry is very interesting, very yeah. cherry picked, obviously, but obviously very cherry picked. But you know, it is a uh, it is interesting to see like I don't know the role that you have and having week one is i agree yep a very telling. specific like, cherry like, picking stat but definitely a very interesting oh one. absolutely yeah, yeah like it, it's good to look at that stuff like if a guy had like not a lot of production but he had like 70 percent of his team's carries yeah then and you know it's like and then it's like you know it's positive going forward like the, the it's always good to look at the uses like that and so no i'm with you for sure it's you know yep i agree this next uh, portion of the podcast is like a rapid fire. We're going to do like a panic stricken section. I'm going to list off a player and you guys are going to tell me if you're panicking on them. Yes or no. And maybe like even just give me like a rating on one to 10 on how panicked you are on them. So starting with the first one, Izzy, you're first. Brees Hall, panicked? Um, My panic meter is at like a three. But if by week three, if this is the same old story my panic meter is going to double and a half to an eight, double and a half. So it'd be seven and a half. <laughs> double and a half. Akash? Uh, zero. Not worried at all. Like We saw sec- second round running backs like Javante Williams, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, etc. All these guys did not start in week one of their rookie seasons. This is not anything new that a second round rookie running back is not starting in week one. It's fine. Don't panic. He'll be all right. He's an elite prospect. He'll be all right. Trade trade for him. Akash, right back at you. Since you mentioned Cam Akers, we're going to do Cam Akers next. What's your panic meter on Cam? Shit, like a 10. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. I mean, it just... Let's say it, like, coming out of the gate, just didn't even start the game, and then didn't do anything with, like, the three touches that he had. Oh. Uh, like, it's definitely moving him down, but, like, everyone else moved him down, so... I don't know. You can get out while the you can get out now, but you're definitely selling low. Which yeah, is, I'm fine with that, honestly. But I don't know. Izzy, what do you think? It's like there, there's definitely there's like there's like a semblance of upside left, just because like if Henderson was to get hurt, and it's not like Henderson's ever been a guy that's carried a workload for a full season. Yeah. Then Acres maybe steps into the volume that we we're projecting him for in the dead zone, but it's so gross right now that like yeah, I'm fine with panicking on him and just being like, you know, fuck him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Izzy, are you uh fuck him or keep him? Ten and a half. <laughs> Dude, this one this one goes to eleven. <laughs> fuck him <laughs> and a half. Izzy's eleven out of so, ten. Yeah. So the thing with Cam Akers is you already had your chance to move him for that first. And the whole conversation was he's gonna come back, you have him, and then you have the opportunity to move him, and it's on you to move him. So I had him in nine of the leagues that I had. So I was able to acquire him in nine leagues for a second and I moved him in four leagues. So I kind of split it. Said, okay, I'm going to have half the shares gone. So I kept five and I dumped four. And I kind of wish I dumped nine and kept zero. So here we are, 10. It's it, he. It's not, he's, K-Makers isn't going to be a thing. All right, you guys and uh, I don't, seem to and have- I don't think I don't think it's a Cam Akers. I don't think it's a role thing. I think it's Cam Akers, not a talent thing, but I think it's definitely a off the field thing. I don't know if he has the it factor. Fair enough. 
you guys seem to have trouble understanding the definition of a rapid fire round. So we've got six more players. It's got to be like literally a half sentence or one sentence for each of these guys. Okay, ready? That was that was a long sentence. <laughs> yeah, Akash, Mike Williams. Uh, Mike Williams, like four or five. Not panicking, but also not buying him. There you go. Is he? Eight and a half. Like it's just the same. I mean, he's the same Mike Williams, just different day. No, thank you. Yeah. All right. Is he back at you again, Darnell Mooney? One. I'm not worried about Darnell Mooney. I think in, in the monsoon, I'm not surprised with the outcome. I think normal conditions, I think Mooney's still going to be the target hog in that offense. Akash? Yeah, I'm with him. Uh, one or two. Not that worried. All right, Akash, back to you. Dave, maybe what I'll do with, uh, for these last four players is I'll give one to Akash, one to Izzy. Akash, David Montgomery. Uh, seven, eight, yeah, seventy-eight. Like wow, seven, seven, seven to eight. Yes, <laughs> seven twenty-eight, yeah, seventy-eight, seventy-eight. Okay. Fuck them. I don't care. <laughs> Maybe next time, next week, we'll have like a section of the podcast where it's like uh, Akash. Is it a, is he fuck him or is he is he gonna stay in your roster? So yeah, like a merry kill. There yeah. you go. <laughs> is he next player? Kill. Travis Etienne. Nine. Uh. James Robinson looked good, man. Like, you know, Achilles injuries maybe ain't the thing. If you're a good running back, you're a good running back. If you're young and good, you come back from Achilles. If you're young and bad, you won't come back from Achilles. Um, I'm totally shitting the bed for ATN. Uh, James Robinson is a better running back right now. Yikes. And take it from me, Izzy hates Achilles more than he hates hamstrings because of his history with... Uh, oh, Arian Foster. Marlon. He was Arian already Foster. watched, though, but I love Arian. I know, yeah, but, he was but like, it's still, like it was the death blow. Yeah, he was. I should, I should have said Achilles Smith. Did he, he have dumb. an Achilles injury? Achilles Smith. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Akash, next player, Devonta Smith. Uh, one zero. Yeah. Okay. He's, a 10 for he's me. still running. He's still running routes. He's uh, a ten no, for AJ. AJ, so, AJ yeah. Brown will have his weeks because AJ Brown is really f-ing good. But Devonta Smith's also a good football player, so he'll get his. He'll okay. Right. Ten. Um, Kyle Pitts for me. I think. Yep. Last one, Kyle Pitts. Zero. Zero. Zero in terms yes. of, I'm okay. I think he'll be just fine and he'll get productivity, but nine in terms of expectation and value. Like, I don't think with Mariota, I don't know if he's going to get what we all think he's going to get. I'm with you in terms of like, if on, in terms of like panicking on the player, just like looking at usage, it's a zero. But in terms of where he's valued at and like what we, what we add for him in terms of expectations where obviously he's being priced above his median because the ceiling is so high, then I would put that panic meter at like a two or three. Like it's only one game, but understand like, you know, you, you don't see a week one. It's like, it's not like you can't like totally write it off, but also you can't panic too hard right now. <laughs> I thought Akash was going to hit some like hard hitting like, yeah, you know, I agree with you. It's like an eight. He goes from a zero to a, a two. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He prefaces no. it very, very underwhelming for since I never, I never overreact. So sorry. No, I'll leave like the good content to these two, and then I'll just be over here playing Mary Kill on my dynasty teams. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say, I, I can't, I can't let the Devonta Smith thing go. The zero, I have to. The, the zero. zero needs to be addressed. It's I mean, a, it is a full he had blown four targets. ten. I don't care. I don't care. If he had four, four targets isn't enough. Like it's not. Yeah, it's Jalen not Hurts. Like AJ Brown 
fucking dominates targets because he's good. But also, AJ Brown isn't going to finish the season with a 44% target share and 70% of the team's air yards. And so Devonta Smith will get his. Hi, John Moser. De- Devonta, De- so so Devonta Smith. The problem with isn't his. Ta- I love Devonta Smith. The problem is is that Jalen Hurts isn't going to throw the ball enough to anybody. So so basically, his best friend AJ Brown is going to get. 30% of the targets in that offense. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm here for it. But also, so then you're, Devon then you're, Smith can get like a 20%. He, they, I, he, I don't, right, I, I don't think it's 20% of 26 attempts ish on average is probably what he's going to have isn't enough. It's not enough. It's not enough based on where his value is and what we expect from a young player. Like what was in a 38. He had 32 attempts and they scored 38 points. It was a back and forth. It was a lot of possessions and he only got off 32 pass attempts. I just don't think that there's enough pass attempts there for Devonta Smith. And I love Devonta Smith. I think he's a fantastic talent. But not only are the the problem isn't just the targets that he's going to get. It's the fact that the targets that he gets aren't going to be pure target like Jalen Hurts is not an accurate quarterback. So these are not going to be a 67% completion rate type of quarterback. This is a 55% completion rate quarterback. So you're going to get low volume and low efficiency. This is a hard pass on Devonta Smith. As much as I love the talent, and this I hate as soon as AJ Brown went to Philly, I tweeted that Devonta Smith was dead. It's over. It's done. And Week one confirmed it. I hope I'm wrong because I love Devonta. I really do. And I have too many shares that I I couldn't offload. I offloaded some. Um, but, I mean, it is what it is. Hurley knows I offloaded one like right before the week for Pittman. It was Devonta and Traylon Burks for Pittman. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. I'll take. That's t- I'll take Burks. But I, fl- I, I flipped first. So I, got, I upgraded my first by probably like five picks. Wait, what? So it was Traylon Burks, Devonta Smith, and a mid first for, or sorry, and a late first for Pittman and what's probably a mid first. Like future first? I don't know. Future 23 I, first. So all I, I get iffy about projecting first like that. Well, I'm, I'm talking about 23 first. Yeah, but I get iffy about projecting them to be mid or late or something so early in the season. It's not. No, so- I, I'm, I'm iffy about it. Like you can, you can do it a little bit, but like, I would always just trade it with the intention of them no. being... look at it Kosh. i ain't gonna lie to you dude i ain't gonna lie to you my pick is late my pick is late it always is always always has been and it always will be pick is late i mean hey you know we've all had injuries happen come decimate our teams it happens yeah but anyways it's it's a late first like it just it is <laughs> right, um, i'll take your word for it so yeah but yeah pitman hurley you're gonna say something i love uh, pitman pitman was the the breakout go ahead hurley yeah, the Devonta Smith thing, I was just going to say my my favorite takes from you or people in the industry is when somebody is either bailing out on somebody that they own a lot of shares. Because a lot of times people get in love with players that they have on their rosters, you know, the like the uh, you kind of what's the what's the term for it? Like you just you're. It's roster some bait. sort of roster bias. Roster bait. Yeah, you roster bait. No, just bias. Yeah. Yeah, roster bias. bias. So like you you tend to have takes on players that are on your rosters. But like when somebody is saying that they they want to cut bait or they're very concerned and they have a lot of shares, which I know you do, like those are my favorite kinds because like you know that's uh that's difficult for somebody to arrive on that opinion. So 
Uh, I just wanted to say that. So it's sad. It's sad. But that's honestly, that is the number one. We've talked about this before. The sooner you are to identifying a problem, the better you are in Dynasty. There's so many people that put the blinders up to problems just because they make excuses for it and it'll be fine and this, this, and this. And a lot of times it's not. Like if you see the warning signs, it's better to get out than to than to hang on. That has a name too. I don't I don't know if you remember the name of that strategy or ability. Do you remember what that's called? I don't know. Um, it's called the uh, the Bishop Sankey effect. The, oh yeah, the bishops. Yeah, the Bishop Sankey <laughs> story. That was, that was a, an elite yeah. story. Yeah, but yeah, that's when it that's when it works out. I mean, honestly, for me, it's very simple. Like I have a player that I think that there's a lot of red flags that I don't like. All I, all I have to do is pivot to a player of similar value that I feel has less red flags. And all you've done is remove red flags. That's yeah. it. I mean, that's all you got to do. I mean, it's, it's not like you have to drop the play. I don't have to drop the player. I can just pivot. I love pivoting. There's nothing better than a good pivot. Pivot. All right. That's pretty good. Do you guys have uh, any, just like to close things off on the podcast, do you guys have any other players that you uh, you thought were big winners this week? Just uh, really quickly rattle some more off if you have some, otherwise we can close things out. Uh, no, I don't have any, don't have any major ones off the top of my head. I don't know. I don't yeah. feel like talking about Kadarius Tony anymore. <laughs> I've talked about him enough today. Izzy, I got one for you. Yeah, go ahead. And this is this kind of brings everything back to the you know the, the theme of the podcast, which is a you know a trade calculator podcast. Um, last year, you and I made a trade in our home league, and you were trying really hard to get Najee Harris, and you had Saquon Barkley. And you knew that I liked Saquon Barkley, and I wouldn't do it like even though their their value were very similar at the time. And I, I think I forced you to give me a little extra mm-hmm. at the time in order to make the deal. I can't remember what it was. Was it like a pick or I don't I don't. Oh, remember. it was a player. Uh, Juju. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm positive it was, was Juju. It? I ended up get, what getting get you to back? give me Juju. Uh, just Najee Harris. It was Russell Gage. So Barkley, Juju for Najee, Russell Gage. Okay. So obviously after the trade, I believe Najee kind of like with his volume, um, he took off and I think Saquon went the opposite direction. But now after week one, you know, kind of like tying things back into the week one winners, the biggest winners, Saquon Barkley rips off just a massive game, the kind of game that we all expected from him, basically the minute that he was drafted into the NFL. Um, So he's kind of like uh, coming back. So where do you think this puts his value? I think pre-week one, we talked about this, Saquon would probably have needed a first in order to equal Najee Harris's value. Mm-hmm. Now, Najee, a little bit of an injury, maybe some concerns with volume on the team. Where do you think these two are at now? And like maybe reevaluate our trade after week one. Yeah, week one. pretty. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah. So Najee, obviously. So, well, it's I went on to to win that that league. Yeah, so, and I think Najee and really Najee is a big part of it. Yeah, because yep. I, I lost Derrick Henry. Um, so I need. I couldn't have. I probably wouldn't have made it as far without. I don't I think have so. Dontrell Hilliard. And, That'd be fun to but, look though. Yeah, so I don't know if I would have made it as far with losing Barkley and Henry, so it's nice to have Najee there. Um, now it's probably pretty close. I mean, I think it's probably a coin flip for most people between who they'd rather have. I personally, I'm selling Najee, though. Like, I'm going to try to move Najee. I have him in a there couple you go. weeks. I'm going to try to move him. Another uh, cutting and it's not bait because, or trade target. It's not because Najee. It's 
Now she's a little bit older than people think. For one, two, the offensive line is complete ass, and it's not going to be better. He's Najee. Najee is young as you thought he was, huh? Not yes, yes, he's not. No, but his the the offensive line is complete ass, and I don't, I don't trust Mitchell Trubisky to really move that offense efficiently for seventeen games. Do you so, think that's going to be Mitchell Trubisky's job for much longer? Question mark. Yeah, I mean, they said Kenny Kenny P. They want to write. They want to give him a whole season off. Yeah, that's they may what they be said. forced. They may, their hand may be forced. Yeah, but. I may, I may look at this as an option of saying, let me flip Najee to get Brees Hall plus a little something small. Yeah, Hell there you yeah. go. You know, and That's I don't hate that sure. idea. No, I take Brees straight up. Yeah, take it straight up. Yeah, maybe. Just, I yeah. Can, I can just because like you get you down, you get like a lot. You get quite a bit younger because Brees is a 20, 20 year old rookie, right? You do, but maybe I mean, he's twenty one by now. But you you definitely get a lot younger, and then by the end of the season, I would definitely I would not be surprised at all if. Brees is just putting up RB1 numbers when he takes over the backfield. Yeah, I, I just worry. I don't know. I worry about the whole Pittsburgh run game. Oh, yeah. Because Najee is not, like, a good player, except for the amount of volume he gets. And so it's always a very iffy proposition. Like, he's, like, if his opportunity share falls, like, 15, like, not 15. If it falls, like, 5, 10%, then he's basically, like, fancy Montgomery. Fancy Montgomery. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. It's, it's tough. Yeah. Um, I think they call that rich man's Montgomery, but fancy Montgomery works too. Yeah. What would be the um, uh, what would be the rich man's rich man's terminology? So there's uh, the 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 Bezos Derek the Bezo- Henry, yeah, the Bezos man, the Bezos the Bezos man's yeah. There you go, the Bezos Najee yeah. So the Bezos the Bezos Najee Harris is Jonathan Taylor. Bezos man's no, because Jonathan Taylor is good at football. Oh, don't tell me that Derek Henry's not good at football. I'm not even having this conversation. You're he's say washed. Something stupid like that. That's, no, he's he washed. might be washed. Maybe he's an absolute sell. But Derrick Henry, yeah, he's washed. <laughs> no, Najee is good at football too, in terms of like earning volume, being talent in some respects. Like for a long period of time, like that takes. It's not like anyone can do it. Yeah. Right. But in terms of like, in terms of being good on your volume, no, absolutely. Derrick Henry is not like prime anymore. Maybe like at uh, twenty eight was at twenty eight was screws in his foot. He's, no, I thought you don't He's overreact. It's be been one. Up. It's been one game. But yeah, Derek. No, Henry... I was saying that before the season. So. Oh yeah, it's been one game though. Anyways, yeah. So Derek Henry was actually on the um, player profiler. He was the guy that did my write up on my video on, and he was a he was a sell. So don't or uh, don't draft Derek Henry was my was, and it was oh, it was hard because Derek Henry's my guy, and this is kind of the point that Hurley's talking about. I I put him out to pasture. After this mm-hmm. injury, like I don't, it's not, yeah. the, the track record is not good for players that get hurt based on the volume they've had at that age. It's yeah. all bad, all of it. So I agree with you on that. He may be washed, but he's still, you still can't disrespect the, the king like that. But he's definitely been put out to the pasture. So I put him out. Yeah, I put him out. He's running routes in, uh, in that farmland beyond the uh, horizon. He's, right? never, he's never, he does he's not never run routes. <laughs> he does not run routes. <laughs> Running, uh, running dives, I should say. Yeah, yeah. just straight up the middle for three yards to carry. That's what he's doing. There you go. I think that's a good place to stop. Uh, so, you guys, I want to say thank you for listening to the DTC podcast this week. Make sure you check out our website, DynastyTradeCalculator.com. The main Twitter handle, at FFDynastyTrades. I don't know if you guys want to rattle off your Twitter handles. I'm not going to say mine. Mm, no. You can follow Izzy on no, Twitter, at okay. DTC underscore Izzy E. And Akash, what's yours? I don't think I've ever become familiar with that. 
uh, YZR underscore fantasy. Follow me. Follow me if uh, you want not real content. There you go. Thank you guys for listening. That's it.